Hey, I'm Lynn Rogala. And I'm Ali Diliberto, and we are coming to you from the ladies' room. So we can talk about removing stupid, frustrating, and toxic shit from the world in a way that's not prim enough for the dinner table. Welcome back to the ladies' room. Woohoo! We're you here like again. how enthusiastic? I was like, yay, the ladies' room. I know. I feel that excited about this always. I know. Woo! We're in the ladies' room and we are fresh off an unprocessed day of training. And we had to resist talking about it so that we wouldn't, you know, use up all our good stuff and not have anything to tell you about. Right. We call that shooting the wad. (laughs) I totally resisted saying that. No. I'm glad you did. I don't think John would like it if I said that. Why are you even bothering trying to be good? (laughs) It's just so crass, Lynn. Jeez. I know. Holy I'm sorry. Ha- Holy Hannah. I'm sorry for being crass in the ladies' room. <laughs> you know, we used to watch um, So You Think You Can Dance. It was one of our favorite shows. We called it Dance Dance Party to the point where we even forgot what it was called. Um, and <laughs> Isn't we there finally- a game called Dance Dance yes. no, Dance Dance Revolution? Dance Dance Revolution. Okay. Yeah, but we called it Dance Dance Party. And we watched it from the very beginning, you know, from like season one. And we finally quit watching it because the guy on there was like so skeevy, like the old guy was so skeevy to the young girl dancers. I'm like, I just can't watch this anymore. He's too creepy. But um, one year they had a couple Mormon dancers and like the way they would curse was so cute and adorable. My favorite was um, shut the front door. (laughs) See, I thought you were going to ignore my holy Hannah comment, but as it turns out, you're just looping back to it. I was looping back to it. And I do know my favorite. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I do notice that as much as I curse on this podcast, my good Midwest girl still comes out all the time in my, oh my gosh, and good night and whatever else nonsense I say. (laughs) Good night. night, Um, My favorite fake cursing is from the show, The Good Place, which I know you've been watching this week. So yeah, it's a good time to remember how funny that is. I've been binging it. What the fork? Riley and I've been binging it. And we're all the way to season three and she is just obsessed. I took her on a lunch date today after our training and mm-hmm. we spent almost the whole lunch talking about the good place. Yeah. I mean, I watched it with my kids too. Everybody thinks it's hilarious. I and mean, we started adopting the, some of those language. Yeah. And I think you watched the finale here too, right? I can't remember. I think you were here. I can barely remember what happened today. Like Peggy's on all the narcotics, but my brain's not working anymore either. Yeah. It's like you're on the narcotics also. Okay. It's just sleep deprivation actually. (laughs) Yeah. I can remember those days. Like I, when Riley, (laughs) when Riley never slept as a baby and it knocked off, I don't know, 20, 30 IQ points. No joke. No joke. How dare you imply that I'm not as smart as I usually am. I was talking about myself. If you want to take it on (laughs) yourself. Um, I wait, wait, I have to say something about that because I am like I adopted my kids, right? I kind of skipped all that. My youngest when I got him was the youngest one I ever got was one. So I didn't really have to do too many of those like really infantile nights. But now I feel like somehow they didn't actually get escaped. And I'm still had. you can't ever escape it. It just comes back nope. and gets you. That's what I said to you, actually, when you were getting up every two hours with Peggy and you reminded me you got up a ton with Josie when she was little. It's true, but it still was, it felt different. Riley didn't sleep through the night until she was three and a half years old. I can't believe you love her. 
I know. There were times that I did call her some bad names in the night. And Eric's like, calm down. I'm like, well, you get up with that little bitch then because I'm not doing it again. Eric was like, why are you calling her Hannah? Well, she, um, I mean, she, obviously she didn't get up every single night until she was three and a half, but she didn't really sleep in, through the night until she was three and a half. And then she still came in bed with me all the time for years after that. Um, and she finally figured out how to do it without waking me up. I'm like, you can do that whenever you want, as long as you don't wake me up. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I used to be annoyed. Jacob was like the happiest little kid singing in the morning under our like loft room when he was like two. And I would be like, oh, why does he have to start singing at 6 a.m.? But I guess that's not half as annoying. No. And 6 a.m. is like late morning compared to, you know, when um, Riley nursed until she was 18 months old and most people, the last nursing site, she only once a day after a certain point, but for most people, the last one they give up is the bedtime one. But for us, it was early morning. She would wake up, I don't know, like 5 a.m. And then she would nurse and she would sleep for another couple hours. And I said, I will nurse her until she is 18 years old. If it gets me two more <laughs> hours of her sleeping. Um, it's true. But then, I would probably nurse Peggy now if it would let me sleep for two more hours. Right. Um, but then uh, the, actually, I remember it was Christmas Eve day. She slept right through to 730 without waking up to nurse. And so we just kind of were like, okay, we're not going to bring it up if she's not going to bring it up. And then, um, there was like one fussy day and then that was it. We were done. That's awesome. My little niece is like 19 months old and she's, was visiting from Chile and my whole family was like horrified that she's still breastfeeding. And I don't know if it's cultural or if it's like that she's just a hippie, you know, and there's like some kind of Chilean hippie breastfeeding thing that goes on or if they really breastfeed kids until they're like three but um both of my parents even my dad who would never say anything about it was like yeah I mean they're really disturbed about it that's interesting and I said 18 months but Riley was 19 months also because she was born in June and that was December so whatever that math is all right well you, and I would have kept going I was gonna just kind of let her Eh, whatever. Like I said, that was, it got another it bought me sleep. sleep. I could understand. Well, and a lot of times right. I go back to bed, I would just do something and she would just be out of my hair for two more hours. Yeah. That would be like gold. I mean, I can completely understand. It was. <laughs> it's called nurser forever. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, let's nerd about genius. First, you have nah. to tell everybody that what we're doing and like how much we've been just geeking out over being the first people to do it. And all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have to tell the story of, um, me pulling something out of my ass today because that's a pretty funny one to tell on myself yes please do okay so we have talked about working genius on this podcast a couple times we did one where we basically talked about it the whole podcast and then we've alluded to it a couple times so there is a podcast out there I don't remember which number it is where we talk about like systems that pull for genius and genius, genius, genius thing. So you can listen to that if you want, because I don't really want to create the whole thing. I want to talk about like what happened today. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we can just say the way they described it a little bit today. Cause I love that. And it's like one sentence, like it's like 20% personality profile and 80% I productivity. 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 Yeah. Which I just think is like the best. It's like such a succinct and wonderful description. So there you go. Okay. So it's a productivity tool that we are getting certified in today. And we are the very first certification class. There's 30 
It was 30, but I think it's 32. Like it was no, because the other people are coaches. They're all facilitators. No, they said they were expecting 32 participants because there were 36 people in the room. Oh, I didn't hear that. That I paid attention to. So they must have slipped. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, wait. I was having a hard time focusing today. I'm admitting on, on a podcast recorded for all history that I was having a hard time focusing today. Um, but and we I was telling Lynn, like, what about this? And what about that? A few things right afterward. And she's like, I don't really remember that. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> but she remembers how exactly how many participants. Yes. There you go. Well, it reminded me actually of a, a training I took a long time ago. Um, this was pre-smartphones because they made us give up our laptops. They said, oh. we don't want you to be distracted. So you have to give up your laptop. And um, they gave us stuff to play with. So the tables, we were at these little tables and they were covered all over with pipe cleaners and little fidget things. And we were making pipe cleaner art um, that they donated to the local children's hospital. And some of the people, I did it with the people from my company that were in the graphics department. And so the stuff they were making was really amazing. Like someone made a like an old fashioned plane and the propeller actually turned around all out of pipe cleaners and like a, a trapeze artist and all these animals. And there was all these little fidget things. And I asked the facilitator at lunch, it's like, what's that about? And she said, what we found is that when we do that, retention goes way up. If we leave you guys, your laptops, you check out, you don't pay attention at all. But if we don't give you anything, then you check out and don't pay attention at all. And so the fidgeting and the, and the, um, cause it was like squishy balls and stuff. But the yeah. fidgeting and the pipe cleaner art, she said, it keeps you in the room just enough that you're listening way more than if you had nothing, because then you just daydream. They, they found that awesome. out. However, they found that out. So I was actually thinking of maybe giving myself something fidgety for tomorrow's. I was just going to say, I'm going to yeah. take your phone away and take then. My, yep. Take my phone and give me, I don't know give what. Give some Lego. Oh yeah. You know what? If I built a Lego, I think I really would, but I would be on zoom building a Lego. <laughs> I think it's okay. Who cares? And the the only one I people. have right now is a gingerbread house. So that would be like Merry Christmas in <laughs> July, everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was thinking maybe of, I don't know, getting some crayons or, uh, you know what? I have a coloring book. Maybe I'll just get my coloring book. And, uh, I don't have crayons, but I have colored pencils. Although, okay. oh, you know what? Everything's packed right now. Oh yeah. Oop. Upheaval. Yes. We're redoing the floors and my whole life is in boxes and it's very alarming, whatever. Okay. So we're in the meadow and we said we'd keep it short. <laughs> so <laughs> we're in the inaugural yeah. yay for the inaugural working genius certification. We're both really excited about it. I mean, this is a new assessment. The book's still being written about it. We've been using it obsessively everywhere we turn for five months since we discovered, since I took that class and then we discovered, yeah. I mean, it's been and then, and it was, I mean, we really have, like, it was obvious today on the training that we've been using it already in some really unique ways, but also way more than most of the participants who have just only used it with their team. Um, and since we're solopreneurs, we've been exploring using it in non-traditional ways. And that was kind of fun to see really, like there were people where homework today was to do an assessment on somebody and then debrief with them. And we, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, I've never done that. We're like, oh, we could do this in our sleep, which yeah, this is a perfect time to say how you, how you just like faked it through that today. Yes. <laughs> so, so to defend myself a little bit, so I was a little distracted, but they were doing, they were doing a, practice. for a very good reason because yeah, your well, mother-in-law little... called 
yeah, I was a little distracted period. And then they were doing a practice assessment on one of the people. So they had her assessment and they were going through how you review it with someone. And when that was happening, um, Eric's mom called and I sent her to voicemail and then she texted me and she lives uh, right around the corner. She's a snowbird. So she snowbirds around the corner and she's not here right now. And she's in New York state. And she texted me and said, there's some, they said, there's something leaking at my condo. She's on the second floor. And they said, something is dripping down in the first floor. And can you go over now? This class is only four hours on Thursday, four hours on Friday. And we paid basically two grand to be in there. So I'm like, mm, I, I'm not going to miss. However, much. sorry, I'm sorry. Your thing is so. so can Plus, you what me? are you going to do? Like the toilet right. broke and it's leaking. Like I don't know. Right. I could be find like, a okay. man. Yeah. Sure enough, the toilet's broken. So I got a hold of Eric, but then she said I'll call maintenance. But I did actually drive over there during one of our seven-minute breaks. That's how close she lives. <laughs> I drove. I saw nothing. Was I couldn't see any water anywhere. Drove back. It was like two minutes late. Um, but anyway, so they were doing this and they were going over her assessment and this is happening. So I'm only kind of half listening because I'm not only worried about her place, but because we're redoing the floors, we're supposed to move in there for a week or so. So I'm like, oh man, if there's a water leak over there, that not only impacts her, but it impacts our ability to live there for a week. Um, right. And then they said, okay, who volunteers? And I thought they were asking for a volunteer to have their assessment review. Like they were going to put up my assessment and then they were going to go through it with me as a sample and nobody was raising their hand. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll do this. I'm not embarrassed. So I raised my hand and they go, okay, you know, Lynn's ready to go. And they said, okay, we're going to pull up Pat's assessment and you're going to give him a thing, <laughs> you know, pretend <laughs> you're, you're, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so, well, um, I'm going to just do this on my feet. And I actually did well, I thought. And everyone was saying what a good job I did. There was like you. 10 people in the comments that were like, wow, that was really great, Lynn. And she even paused at one point. And like, yes, I say she, like now I'm diverting talking about you. But you even right. paused at one point. I was like, that was weird. Um, we like paused to say, to check in, like how long do you want this to be? And like the facilitator was like, you know, five to seven minutes. So she just, I mean, this wasn't like a one sentence answer. And so she just went on. And then yep. wrapped up. And yep. then what's the difference between like, that was so great. <laughs> it's, it was a true uh, on the woo podcast. I talked about what a bullshitter I am and the, what's the <laughs> difference between cider and juice. And now it wasn't total bullshit. I knew what I was doing as far as an assessment, but she of actually course. asked a very specific question that I was supposed to answer, which I totally did not answer. Um, but so what smoke and mirrors, but, but and I, I'm, for sure the only person who had any idea because I was like I know that like either you didn't hear it or you weren't listening or you just like zoned out and then like because I know her so well that I knew there was nuance missing but it was great I mean I was like this is fantastic but now I want to know did you ever even consider saying oh I had no idea what am I doing nope that never crossed my <laughs> mind because <laughs> the good girl still lives inside me. And so to say, to raise my hand. And then when they say, oh, we're doing this to say, oh, you know what? I totally wasn't listening. I just raised my hand because I thought it was something else. Pick somebody else. <laughs> People do that. Like when and I, we've done a couple like landmark seminars online during COVID and people do that all the time. What was yeah. the question again? They, I'm yeah, they raised, amazed. They raised their hand. Raise hand? <laughs> Can you repeat the question? Um, you don't even but, get credit for raising your hand. Like in a, it's a virtual room. But like a whole bunch of people, nobody even sees you raise your hand. Nobody cares. You don't have to fake interest or participation. It's online. 
Yep. Yep. So, but I, and I talked, how long did I talk? Five to seven minutes, maybe 10. Yeah. I think you talked about five, I think it's seven minutes. Yeah. So, um, but I thought it wasn't just totally BSing. I, I said what I would do if I was sitting with him. And I think yes. what was missing is I would ask him to tell me a whole bunch of stories. So without having those stories, like the nuance that they were looking for would have been in the stories. That's how I help people discover stuff. Like I was thinking, even um, when I was doing software, when we interviewed people, the, the style of question that I really love is um, tell me about a time where you worked on something you were super proud of. Um, tell me about a time when you couldn't wait to go to work every day. Those, because that really shows the person more than tell me your strengths. Um, because that's just a dumb question. And I do think it's interesting because I, when you were, when you were describing that, I was thinking like, I would have just told the person, this is like this, and this is like this and see how this fits together. And I would like have galvanized them around it. And I was, but you have, I mean, I don't think how you would have approached it had um, anything really to do necessarily with your genius. And you talked a lot about like, I would ask them how they felt about the assessment. And I'm like, oh, please, I would never do that. Like I was laughing about all the emotions and all that stuff. And yeah, well, they said, they did say your discernment was showing my discernment was showing because I asked a million questions. I would have just asked a million questions and and, and I don't mean when I say, how do you feel about this, the assessment? I'm not looking for happy or sad. It's more like I was confused by it or it felt really easy to do, or I wasn't sure about these questions. These weren't my, I don't think these are valid. I don't yeah. like the answer. I know. Right. And I understand that, but I think, you know, you use the F word. So I was kind of squirming. Well, I mean, feel is we use feel for think in, in, in us English anyway. So yeah, so I'm, I'm telling on myself and maybe someday the table group will listen to our podcast. And I confess that I was kind of not <laughs> listening because of a water leak emergency, which in Tucson is a big deal. Um, at my mother-in-law's and yet I continued, I soldiered on. And then they said it was Pat Lingioni's assessment. And at first she said, we're going to bring him in here. And I was like, oh shit, but they were just <laughs> But that they actually yeah. m- might have made it. That would have probably been better because then yeah, they would really framed it up. I didn't have anybody, nobody was answering the questions I was asking. And that's how I do. Plus when I teach, I'm very Socratic. Um, what does and that I'm an mean? excellent, uh, what does that mean? Are you going to call me a nerd again if I explain it to you? I mean, um, I know it refers to the Socratic method and question yeah. asking, but if you're going to use big words, I think you should have to explain them. All right. So you just said what it is. It's that Socrates asked questions and then got answers back. And that's how people really discover. If you just tell someone, they don't really remember it the way they do when they discover for themselves. They do if you light them on fire while you're telling it to them. Mm -hmm. No, you're wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) They remember it when I say it. I think, I mean, I agree. Like you have to help people discover things, but I think that I just go about it like more like look over here and then then I'm like, okay, do you see that? And then, then the unpacking. Yeah. Yeah. Leading people. I mean, I'm sure it's way better when you do it. However, I was, it was interesting for me listening to you in the process. And so you got to see, you got to see what I look like when I'm explaining the difference between cider and juice, when I don't know the difference between cider and juice, actually, that's not even fair. Cause I knew exactly what I was doing. I just wasn't answering her question. Yes, totally. 
So I confess, I hereby confess that I was not paying attention and I raised my hand anyway, thought they were asking for something else, but then just proceeded forward. I can do that. <laughs> Plus no one else okay, was volunteering. I have a question for you. All right. So um, for everybody else, they gave us like a box. They mailed out a, like a participant box and it had like notepads with a letterhead and socks with their little logo and like a thing that you unfold and put on the wall and like that you know has like the picture of working genius I'm leaving a pen I of course I love office supplies so the pen and when Lynn opened her box she was like and I was just excited to get presents like I can't wait for it to get here um when Lynn opened her box she said that that fold out picture thing was like the dumbest um and I was like I think that's maybe the only thing I like but then I thought it was funny that one of the participants had it like taped right behind their head yep I was and I I was gonna say to you he's a class suck up is who he is (laughs) that's exactly I was really wanting to know like what did you think about that Lynn oh yeah I almost said to you in the chat chat in the zoom chat oh look he's the class suck up because he's got the poster hanging and it wasn't even hanging on the wall it was like stuck to the bookcase behind him so I was so worried the whole podcast the whole time we were in the class that I was going to accidentally when I was messaging you send one of my snarky comments to everyone I was too and that's kind of why I didn't say look at the class suck up right here because I was afraid I would accidentally send it to everyone and then I would be outed as a bitch (laughs) (laughs) I mean I don't know why you're afraid of that now Right. I'm a grown ass lady and I do what I want. I'm a grown ass lady and I do what I want. But yeah, he, he, it really was just theater because it wasn't where he could see it. It was where everyone could see that it was hanging behind his head on his edge of his bookcase. <laughs> he's really not obsessed. Maybe he's wearing both pairs of the socks at the same time. I'm going to wear them on my hands tomorrow. And like when I raise my hand, I'm going to raise my hand <laughs> with the sock on my hand. <laughs> that's, I think that's appropriate. It is kind of fun that there's socks in there, but I wasn't really excited about anything else. No. All right. So back to our, what really landed? Like, what did you, well, first of all, I really don't think we've properly created the level of obsession and nerding out that we've been doing about being like the first people in the first class doing this. Like we were really excited. Like we got one of the last couple spots and we've just, we love this so much and we're so excited and it fits in with everything else that we're doing We've just been just like delighted, like little kids, like, (laughs) oh, and should we admit that we almost didn't get those last two spots? (laughs) Yes, you should definitely. So Allie was busy. And so I signed us up. I said, I'll just wait. No, no, no. It wasn't even just Allie was missing. This was when Josie or Allie was busy. This was when Josie was missing. Oh yeah. I couldn't, I didn't remember that. Sorry. There's so many crisis after crisis. So I know just like a hot mess. You said there's three spots left. I said, or five or however many there were. And I went and I signed us up There and was then three, I went yeah. back to the page and I'm like, there's still three spots left. I, it must take a while to update and blah, blah, blah. I don't have an email yet or whatever. And I don't even know why, but I went and looked and I'm like, oh shit, it's a double confirm. So I thought I had paid and registered us and I didn't. And so thankfully I snuck us under the wire and got us two of those last three spots. That would have been awful. I would have felt so bad. <laughs> we would like, have cried. I've got this totally handled, Allie, don't worry about it. I know you're super excited. Let's go. So, well, why don't you create? Because I think- Wait, I want to say one more thing about the socks. So I wore my socks <laughs> yesterday because I was just excited, like it's happening tomorrow. And I, like one of the socks are like, and like a calf, like, what do you call the ones that are longer that go to like your mid calf? 
I don't know, mid-calf socks. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's like little footy socks. And I, I have like giant calves. So I hate socks that come up in the middle of my calf. And so I can only, only one of the pairs can actually be worn by me. And so I was wearing them yesterday and I, you know, yesterday I flew to Colorado and back from Utah all in one day. So they're really disgusting, multiple airports, all that stuff. But I left them beside the floor in case they were like, who's wearing their socks? And then I would have quick put my dirty socks on and like raised my feet up because I thought that might be like a thing today. I am so glad (laughs) that they didn't have everyone show their feet on the Zoom. That would have totally grossed me out. Come on, that would have been. They would have been in socks. I guess. It, it, no. No. I I'm just, I mean, I know that's just dorky behavior, but I, I was worried enough that you never know what kind of stupid, kitschy things they're going to do online. So. Agreed. Yeah. It was bad enough that when they did the open mic intros and mm, we probably shouldn't talk <laughs> too much about that. <laughs> okay. That's probably where they lost you, having everybody introduce oh, themselves man. for 45 yeah. minutes. You're yeah. like, tell, tell us where you're from. Like, give us a 15 second overview. And then half the, not half the people, a couple of the guys, none of the women. I was going to say only the men. Yeah. Yeah. I did a couple of the guys that. like, so then after high school, I was really trying to decide where to go to college. And then um, <laughs> I took a gap year. I'm like, dude, wrap it up. Like, I also really- thought it was super funny. Cause I, we, I was messaging with some of the participants and women and like, the women were all like doing like 10 interesting things in their life. Kind of like you and I, like, how do you really boil down what we do? Which things should I talk about? And multiple other pe- people were like, oh yeah, I do this kind of coaching also and do whatever. But the men, you got the full, um, I mean, I assume there are some men that that's not true, but we got like this whole full long story from so from several yeah. of them. Yeah. They spend 10 times as much talking about the one thing they're doing as the women spent talking about the 10 things, but Okay. So you talk about how excited we are because so far this has been pretty rambly. <laughs> it's the lady. Thing. What do you want from me? But you talk about how, how excited you are because you even took a picture yesterday. Oh my gosh. So I was in the Denver airport and they had this giant poster, you know, like not even a poster, but like, like a board where, you know, where people charge their phones. There was like a big one. And first I took a selfie, which I'm not really that into selfies. So it has to be good. And then I was like, I can just get the lady that's sitting there to take a picture of me. And so um, I posed in front of it and like, I was super excited because I do feel super proud and I loved the language that they used. I mean, I'll butcher it, but where they said like, they really want to transform the world of work. And it's different than I talk about with 5 billion entrepreneurs, um, like their like a little bit of the way they're talking about it, but it's so similar in the flavor and it's such a great tool inside um, how I, how I like to approach work. And I mean, I, of course I instantly latched onto it the first time I did it. And then I got a whole bunch of people in my life to take the assessment. And I asked Lynn today, like, how many people have you gotten to take it? Or how many people would you have gotten to do the assessment if I hadn't like, you know, nag like been been doing my galvanizing around it and she was like I don't know like none maybe one but I mean certainly now like you've caused lots of people to be like oh I should try that but mostly 
to like you've invented how we use it and use your gifts around it that way, which I thought was interesting. That yeah. makes sense. Yes, totally. Like I'm way more interested in how are we going to use this? And you're like, let's get people to do it too. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, oh, maybe. But we've discovered so much in getting people to do it that I was loving being able to explain like, look, remember how long we spent on wonder and like people are like, I don't really understand. I'm like, oh yeah. Like here's what we discovered. And they, I mean, it was so fun to be able to um, it, like add some of those things from not the trainer's perspective and just some of those side conversations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause we've spent a lot of time distinguishing all these things. Yes. So, I mean, we haven't talked about this. So the, one of the main things I want to know, cause I mean, we've already been using this tool so thoroughly. We've listened to every podcast about it. We've listened, I mean, anything about it, we've totally already nerded out about. So there's not that much, you know, left that we didn't know. Like I've gotten a lot of really good language. I think tomorrow they're going to talk about using it in groups. And we've mostly worked with solopreneurs and created non-traditional groups around it. But I think um, you'll get a lot of things for like that you'll later invent from what they're doing already and then take it from there. But um, I'm really curious. What else? I started thinking about how you're going to invent things. I got really excited and distracted. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I got all flushed and excited when I started thinking about all the cool things. But um, so far, we haven't charted a lot of un, a lot of waters that were like un, uncharted. But one of the things that we that has kind of perplexed us was, um, or I mean, I think both of us is. It goes galvanize it. No, sorry. I did, damn it, damn it. <laughs> shit, you are the shit, worst. Shit. You I are didn't, the I worst. I can't even help myself. That um, is step four of six. And you just put it at the first. <laughs> you are the worst. I am, I am. I need a shirt. Um, there was another guy. Event. There was another guy in there that had galvanized discern. And he said something very similar, like, and I'm one of the good ones. And the rest of you guys, however he said it, like, I'm one of the normal ones. And I told Allie, I'm like, oh, he's galvanized discern too. Maybe you guys are just dicks about your genius. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> it was interesting how many people were, were exactly yours. Um, yes. Invent and discern, like invent okay. and discern, invent and discern. But um, I did not feel special. No, not in that particular, I mean, obviously you're special, like you just pulled a whole seven minutes out of your ass, but <laughs> you know, you should, you should not feel less special, I'm but the um, queen. I, I thought it was interesting that they were drawn to it. And I was wondering if it was just Patrick being at the heart of it and him drawing people to him that are most like himself, right? or if he those are most commonly the early adopters. Yeah. 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 Invention and discern. And I think that's part of too, why I was getting a little distracted today is I came wanting more information and right. that is not what this is. I mean, if we hadn't already been delving in so much, there would have been more information. I think like, Maybe. I think a lot of people were like, wow, this is so great. I'm learning so much. I've never heard that. And I'm like, why? Like, why is this so new? But it's a really also just a really simple tool. Like it's, it's not true. that complicated of a tool. So yeah, I don't think um, they have more information and I'm not saying they should have tried to generate more information. I'm just saying that's why my brain is like, we already know this. So let's go like, look over here at the wall. Yeah. So one of the, okay. So it doesn't start with galvanizing. It that's number four. The ideation phase, wonder, yep. 
feeds An invention, invention. Mm-hmm. which feeds um, discernment and then galvanizing and then enablement and tenacity to feed, to finish things. So all of those have to be part of work for work to work well and for teams to function well. And we've really wrestled with like, I mean, we've been trading and I mean, I loved somebody created like Lynn created originally, like let's use this in like this economy where we trade and she was sharing that. And somebody was like, yeah, let's call it Pat coin. Like, cause that's the guy who created it. And I was like, yes, but um, I mean, I was like, that's a dumb name. We need a better name, but you know, like people were really into that idea and that way of using it. But one of the things we've really wrestled with, and that I think Lynn's especially wrestled with is once um, I give my idea, the idea takes just a little bit of time. Like you could, somebody could call you every 15 minutes and you could spit an idea like pretty much all day long and never even begin running out of ideas. Right. And that's how your brain works. And I think you, I mean, not all, um, not all inventors are created equal for sure, but that is for sure you're in your genius. And I, so one of the things we've wrestled with is like an hour of, of ideation or um, invention is not the same as an hour of enablement. Like it takes longer to enable a process and tenacity a process. Even galvanizing takes longer than wonder mm-hmm. and invent. And so I, um, I brought that up in one of my sessions and then one of the, um, where we were kind of practicing and talking um, to my group, like, what, how do you think this works inside this scheme? And do you guys, and one of the ladies came, one of the facilitators popped into our breakout and she said that wonder is like being up in an airplane at 30,000 feet and um, tenacity is like right about to bring some, like it's right at ground level. And they kind of go like that. Um, is that a good enough description of that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's not, that's not a revelation. It, it was a good analogy, but it's not a revelation. Like when you're brainstorming, everyone even says, oh, let's take the 20,000 foot view, but they were no, talking course, about it right? as like landing, flying and then landing an airplane. Right. But what I loved is she said, the closer you get to the ground, the longer it, the process takes. And I was like, oh, that's so good. But what do you do in the work world when you're paid for time for money? And even in an economy where we start looking at trading talent and investment, I mean, it's really interesting and it gets to really the heart of how big a struggle it is to separate time for money because, um, you know, like, I'm thinking of, you know, one of my best friends, like she has enablement and tenacity and I'm like, I could galvanize her for 10 minutes and be done. And she could take three days fulfilling on all the stuff I just galvanized her about, but I'm done. Does that mean I have to go do stuff that takes me forever to do? And that's not in my genius. Like, I think that's really at the heart of like, how do we start really embracing um, leaving the time for money exchange and looking at value exchange and how do you, like, how does she get some of what she's doing valued more and right. how do, and how do you bring, you know, and I'm kind of in the middle, right. <laughs> but how do you, people on the other end at the higher level, other than just going out and being consultants or whatever, how do they get what they do um, valued in a way that, Hey, 15 minutes can generate, you know, $10,000 worth of value. Like let's have a connection to the value created and not just time for money. Right. And that's a really excellent question because 
the time ones are in my frustration. So if I have to work a 40 hour a week job and they don't want 40 hours of invention, then I'm now spending, you know, maybe I spend five hours inventing and that's on a good day. Um, and then the other <laughs> 35, I have to work in my frustration. No, thank you. And that's, that kind of is my, been my career <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like, right. and there's times when like any place, a lot of places I work where they just pay hourly, where I like peace out around 30 or 35 hours, because I just can't spend that much generate time. that. And you're really generating so many of the off hours, a lot of what they're getting, I think even more than your childhood and the good girl and all that stuff, like your work in your career has done more damage to your understanding of your value than, than those, than even like early childhood conditioning or anything right. like that. Yeah. Cause I don't get paid for the idea that I have in the shower. Um, right. like that's, that's not on the clock. And then I'm expected to roll up my sleeves and actually pump out whatever, um, in enablement and tenacity for many, many, many hours. And that's the most draining thing for me. So like, what do you do with that? Because that means the traditional work thing is an extra drag for me. Right. Um, and people like me, I'm not the special snowflake, but it is, it is an interesting thing. And also on the flip side, you don't want to be like, okay, inventors work five hours a week and tenacity people work 40. Cause that's also, there's something also yucky about that. I don't know what the answer is. But I also think that my, so looping all, now I'm thinking into, and I was thinking about you while we we're doing it. But um, like when I think about my enablement tenacity friend, she's super happy sitting and working on a task for a long period of time. Like, I mean, think about quilts, quilters, you know, something like that. That takes an incredible amount of enablement and tenacity to spend, you know, hundreds of hours hand stitching a quilt or something like that. And a lot of people find, I mean, they, they like that so much that they make it a hobby like yeah. that. And so I don't know. I mean, think about that little, like you gave me one of those diamond puzzles and this friend who I'm thinking about, like, I mean, I've done like a tiny corner of mine while I've been sitting at the hospital, but if I had anything else to do, I probably wouldn't have done that. <laughs> and so it's, interest because she spends hours doing them. she just likes the process and it it does make me wonder like energy and enjoyment like when you have to enable and tenacity things like it's draining energy but if they can hold energy the same way maybe it doesn't maybe time um, yeah I think time I mean we've all had that zen state where we're in flow and it's like yeah, that well. a little bit but he said um can you help me remember? <laughs> Were you listening when they talked about how some are responsive and some are yes. disruptive? Yeah, that's and, a new, that's a new nuance they added that they really want us to get because they brought it. They came in our breakout room and said, "Are you guys talking about this part?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can tell." They're it's almost like they're beta testing that part. <laughs> so I love this part, and I um, listened to it last night when I was watching the pre work videos at the last second. I like two in the morning. Um, but I, um, I thought about you so much in that because if the, if, well, okay, first you create it, like, so whoever's listening can understand. And then I'll say my question for you about it. All right. So we have the six genius types and they divide them all up into, um, responsive and disruptive. So they're categorized a bunch of different ways. This is just one way to slice it. Um, and so responsive genius respond to something, either the environment or another genius. 
And then the disruptive genius puts something new out into the world and they alternate. So it starts with wonder who responds to the environment. And then the discerner just disrupts. I'm sorry, the inventor disrupts. It's funny because they kind of respond to the wonder too, but whatever they disrupt by putting something new out in the world. And then the discerner responds to the invention and like looks it over. And then once the, the invention has been distilled through the discerner, the, um, galvanizer disrupts, you know, the, the environment, the people, the team, whatever, with the new idea. And then the enablement person responds. Getting them to kind of change course and take it on. That's why invention, even though it's responding to the wonderer, it's, it's disruptive in the environment, right? It disrupts like whatever's happening. And then the enablement person responds to the galvanizer. Um, and then the tenacity person disrupts like the physical environment, basically by completing the thing. So they kind of go boop, 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 back and forth. That one doesn't make sense to me. How is that? How is the tenacity disruptive? Well, let me look at my notes. If you give me a second, I'm looking at mine. I didn't write that down, but that like, I understand the disruptive and but tenacity, I mean, because it's complete because, well, they do nag and push for like, there is something about tenacity because enablement and wonder at my bottom and tenacity is in my competency. And I, it, when I'm using tenacity, which I can only do for a little while, um, it's that pushing for the result because the yeah, result matters like, and it's different than galvanizing. It says cha- getting people to change their intensity and standards to ensure completion and dis- dis- success. So disruptive geniuses invo- involve provoking change in the world, in an organization right. and in the people around them. Responsive geniuses involve reacting to the world around them, the environment within an organization or the promptings and needs of colleagues. Okay, good. So um, I, that's good because I liked... I liked how we're thinking about it. So your first two are disruptive, like primarily. Nope. Nope. Invent, discern. One is disruptive and one is responsive. Invent, discern. And then your next one is what? Galvanize. It is not. Smart ass. It is. Wonder, invent. No, I don't wonder wonder. your third. No, it's true. Galvanize is my third. Wonder is my fourth. You hate galvanizing people. I really wonder if you hadn't ever worked in the regular world. Although one-on-one you like to, I don't know. It's, it's so interesting. It is no. interesting how much a genius can change, where, even whether it's your first or second or how it shows up in what you're doing. I don't um, hate galvanizing people. I actually will get, I mean, so a long, long time you ago. You only like to galvanize people around your own things, like whatever yes. you're excited about. Yes. Exactly. I like to just galvanize people because I want to make them do stuff. You like to galvanize people for the sake of it, but I don't hate galvanizing. It's true. See, you're looking at, you're like, compared to me, everyone hates galvanizing. You're just. Don't compare me to the awful guy again. I'm, I'm trying to be good. <laughs> you're just centering yourself again. I'm actually <laughs> remembering um, a long, long, long time ago. I, um, I took uh, a, the, a Dale Carnegie class, the place where I was working, they would pay for us. T- they would pay for us yes. to take Dale Carnegie if we took it after work on our own time. But for like everybody, I feel like people who, I feel like this is such an East Coast, like a little bit older than maybe most people have even encountered, especially in the mid, like, especially East, West of the Mississippi. So please tell what that is again. It, it actually doesn't matter. It's kind of a public <sighs> thing. It doesn't matter to but the story. I love all the stories about, okay, fine. I'm going to tell the story and it doesn't matter. You can Google Dale Carnegie if you really want to learn about it. It's a little bit outdated. Um, 
but uh, well, I have two stories about it. So most, once you get going almost every week, you give a little speech. So there's an assignment you give like a one minute, two minute speech, whatever it was. And then you can win a pen. Um, oh, which is I very, would have totally very, done that. I know it was very, and the, it was a really good pen. I still have mine. Oh um, my gosh. It's such a nice. Pen. Will you give it to me? <laughs> no, it's my Dale Carnegie pen. Are you crazy? <laughs> um, so he would call people would either volunteer or he would call on people. And so one time just for fun, I started telling people who was going to go next and everyone let me do it week after week after week. <laughs> I would tell people, I'm like, you're next, you're next, you're next. And they just kind of wanted to be told nobody really wanted to volunteer, but there was something right. about being called on by the teacher. So I would just be like, you, 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 you. And in fact, one person even said in his learnings of the class, um, I learned that if I don't want to talk, I should sit behind Lynn where she can't see me. <laughs> and it was just like, I mean, I can boss and galvanize. I just am mostly like, I don't want to galvanize over other people's ideas because that's starting to get into enablement. Like I'm not interested in, or unless it's something I'm really excited about. If I'm super enrolled, like if Simon Sinek called me up and said, Hey, can you get a group going around infinite game? I'd be like, fuck yeah. I'd probably right. invent a way to do it. Um, <laughs> right. You find a way. <laughs> I lost you. You're gone. We have lost Allie. Are I'm so back? sorry. I touched my phone. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. I touched we... my phone and it turned it in car mode. I'm so sorry. Beaver, beaver, beaver. beaver. I was really worried because the dryer was like making that awful noise. So I was yeah. trying to, I'm sorry. I know we have, we have kind of low tech tonight. So I apologize to anyone if this is not up to our normal standards, but how dare want... you call me low tech? low tech. No. So the other funny story is there's also a lot of, wait, before you tell the next story, this is still about Dale Carnegie, but go ahead. But I, before I forget, which would you be most excited about a penis candle or a pen? Um, I need more information about both the penis candle and the pen. (laughs) Okay. It's the best penis candle and a really amazing pen. But I mean, what, how do you define best penis candle? This reminds me of a joke that my girlfriends and I used to have about like, which <laughs> would you rather have sex or pie? And we're like, what kind of pie? Ooh, how yeah. much pie? Okay. How good sex. Um, Fine. I think I would take a good pen because I would use it way more than a penis candle. Like a All penis right. candle would be just funny for a minute when I opened it and I would probably never burn it. I might bring it on a zoom call one time, maybe post a picture of it. <laughs> In the ladies' room show notes, show notes, <laughs> right? You probably wouldn't have a collection of them. No, never. But a good pen. Mm-hmm. Although now I'm mostly just Apple Pencil all day long. Mm-hmm. I don't, I all don't right. pen very much. Anyway, Dale second, Carnegie story number two. The second Dale Carnegie story number two, and this one is just funny. But they did all this like memory stuff. This was a very '80s kind of thing. This is the how to win friends and influence people guy. Um, I was going to say that, but then I was worried I was having a beaver moment. So I just kept my mouth shut. How to win friends and influence beavers. No, that's him. (laughs) (laughs) How many men have tried to use it that way though? Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) But they teach you, they try to teach you how to remember people's names and also how to remember a list of things like one run, two shoe. It was, it was all pretty dumb, but anyway, no, it wasn't dumb. It was just very extremely retro. But anyway, the guy's name was Chip Thames. That's the name of the leader. And I still remember, and this has been 20 years, maybe more. 
Um, yeah, maybe more like closer to 25, not quite that much. And I still remember it because I was taking it with my friend and, uh, we used to sometimes like get a little rowdy to the point where we once got scolded, but also um, shocked. This was in the ladies room. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was a guy. Um, this was also when I was working in a place that was directly above a bar, like no joke, like there was a bar on the first floor and then our room. So one time during a break, we went down and got a beer and then came back to class. Like we weren't drunk, but it was just that kind of a, that was the culture uh-huh. of the company. But anyway, <laughs> I will never forget Chip Thames because he taught us, <laughs> we taught us how to remember his name. He said, think of himself um, eating a bag of potato chips and like taming a lion, you know, kind of pantomime to taming a lion. And my friend said, I'm going to run into this guy 10 years from now and go, ruffle whip (laughs) never forget his name not because of the chips and the lion but because of the ruffle whip I will never forget yeah it was so funny because I could just picture myself like what a dumb mnemonic right uh ruffle whip so anyway that's the story (laughs) okay I still remember so so that's something back to my question about or my what I was thinking about your fine my whole thing it doesn't actually fit anymore because I, they said that the disruptive geniuses work in bursts and the uh, responsive are really this kind of steady energy. And that is very, very true of you. Like you're a hundred percent on and engaged when you're trying to talk everybody into seeing the greatest showman, or if somebody wants you to, you know, galvanize, if you find somebody you can galvanize about how cool Simon Sinek is and all that stuff. But you, if you, I like that you said energy. There's an intensity of it. I like that you said that I hate galvanizing. And then you just named two examples where I galvanize the hell out of people. (laughs) I know I, because I had, because once I connected it, you only like to galvanize around whatever your own things, just like, and I sit in the middle where like, I really don't ever invent my own things. Hardly ever. Um, I just iterate other people's mostly. Right. And so, and and those two weren't even those two weren't even my own things, getting people to see the greatest showman and anything to do with Simon Sinek or Brene Brown. Those are just things I'm enamored of. I'm like, everyone needs this. And what was I doing the other day? But they're yours in the sense that like, they're your love and passion Mm and your stand for them in the world. Yeah. Like yesterday I got, um, I ordered some stamps online a little while ago. And then the post office sent me a a flattily catalog, you know, a, a catalog of stamps. And I was holding it and I was thinking snarky, mean things like (laughs) you really overestimate my interest in stamps. And then I flipped it open and they had a star Wars droid stamp page. I'm like, Oh, that's actually (laughs) kind of cool. And then I posted it on Facebook to tell that story. And there's probably like five people who bought those stamps now, because I said like, look at this cool thing I found. It's true. So I will galvanize Um, in service of coolness but that thing of bursts and steady really tracks because when I'm discerning I can actually sit with someone and like ask and ask and ask and ask and ask um in a very and again we've talked about how much I love little kids and that's one of the reasons little kids love me so much because I'll sit and just talk to them and ask them questions and answer their questions forever and ever and I only really like to use my discernment to decide which things we should make people do like I got to root out the dumb ideas so we can get actions around the good ones like I really like my discernment isn't as soon as I have discerned what there is to galvanize about I'm kind of done with that phase yeah so it is really interesting and I discern from a very relational space 
Yes. Like yes. I like to just, I, I love to just sit and get to know people. I love to just like dig into them and pick into them, not in a pick at them, but like just dig and dig and dig. Um, and that's a very but discerner kind of, I think you use your discernment when you're just out like in the shower and thinking and processing. And like, that's where the steady energy comes from that you could never clock in for at work and get paid, you know, on an hourly yep. basis. Yep. But I think it's, um, like, like that this- is really how you work is like in these bursts of coming to it and that kind of energy that's really like pop, pop, pop. And um, it was just interesting for me thinking about that. Cause I was like, yes, that's Lynn. And I'm very energetic. Like, I love how we're still discovering it. Like we know a lot we could teach. I mean, we could go on and on about this for endless days on end. And um, I'm really, but I love that we're in the discovery of it as it's being discovered, you know, I'm sure in five years, they'll have millions and millions of people who have taken this assessment. And, you know, now there's, what did they say? 140,000 people have taken it. So not none, but it's still relatively right. it's new. still very small. And I like to think that some of the things I'm inventing around it right now, and that you're refining with me will end up in, you know, content that's used by all kinds where you and I are playing, integrating um, the Clifton strengths with this. I think yeah. we're going to create some IP around that, that is going to be really valuable. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Like, I think how we're already using it is, is great. And I think we would have already been doing consulting around it if my life wasn't in total chaos. And <laughs> right. You've had to use all your energy to help me stay, stay functional. I think it's okay because now my house is about to be torn up. So anything we created would have been really hard for me to execute on. So I think it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. All right. So should we put a pin? Because this is part one, because we had day one, part one. And then the next podcast is going to be day two, part two. I have to say a minute ago, I was thinking of something super funny that now I cannot think of. And it's making me really fussy. I'm sorry. That was of no value anywhere else. I got to watch Bunny open her birthday presents on Instagram today. (laughs) (laughs) things are looking up (laughs) it was bunny's birthday and she had all these little presents wrapped in tissue paper and she was very excited and she was opening them my dad gives his dog a cake on the floor with a candle in it like and sings to her every time it's her birthday and then sends everybody the videos and then (laughs) and then blows it out and then lets the dog eat the cake however it wants we never celebrated their birthday but we always give them christmas presents Um, Do they really open them by themselves? No, I mean, we gave them. So first of all, their birthday was in December. So we're being those terrible people where we combine birthday, Christmas. Those are the worst people. These dogs um, are just so deprived. So we kind of had a dual reason for giving them Christmas presents. One, because it's very cute and fun to give your dog Christmas presents. But two, we would give them something um, like that took a long time to eat, eat and interact with. So they would leave right. us alone while we opened our Christmas presents. So yeah. they always got like a little stocking full of, um, cookies and we would just let them kind of tear into that. Like it was like mesh. And so we would just open the mesh and let them, you know, do whatever. But then we also got them, um, we used to get them these real bones and they were stuffed with like a peanut butter filling or a chicken filling, um, and they would sit and chew those and then suck them. Like <laughs> I have some videos of them audibly, like, <laughs> like, like, like from a straw. And then, then they would trade. Um, I have one video of Gala, our girl, and she was sitting there eating hers. And then 
from the side of the video, you can see Mark Anthony kind of like ooze in and like slide down right next to her. Like you have your <laughs> own bone. You don't need her bone. Um, and then we would give them squeakies and stuff. We just kind of wanted them to have something to do um, while we were opening, but we always had to help them open their gifts. Okay. That's, that sounds good. This isn't really even remotely related, but since you started talking about animals, I have to tell you that John went home this morning at like, you know, 4am he left to go to the airport and then he got home and went to take a nap and fat baby ran into the room and like cried and cried and jumped on him and jumped on the floor. And so I feel assured that he was like, where's my mother? (laughs) that I'm still the favorite. Yeah. And probably two things. Number one, he probably was really worried that whatever happened to you happened to John. Um, (laughs) And number two, he probably came home smelling like you. And so fat baby was like, oh my gosh, mom's here. Yeah. And so, but it's probably reassuring to him that wherever you are, you're okay. I mean, it makes me feel better that you said it like that. That's so nice. (laughs) I mean, I'm really happy. I think it's real a little bit at least. I agree. Like, I don't think it can get any better than this. We can just wrap it up now. All right. So that's the end Are we of- going to do another one like after tomorrow? Because yeah. you, uh, we have so many, like, there'll be a part two. What do you call it? Two point N. Two, two, two N. N. <laughs> <gasps> it only took me three tries. It's actually one to N. And we've always said two to N because Damn. we always talk about the Damn. second one. But no, I think because we had day one today and then we just talked about pretty fresh and unprocessed. This is a pretty unprocessed one. And then tomorrow, yeah. let's just do it right after training. We'll talk about how it went and wrap it up and what our ideas were and kind of, I'm sure how the Legos some- went. Yeah. I'm so tempted to do that. I wish I did. I hope you do. You have to do something. I mean, everybody's going to want to know how it went with the Legos. Who I cares what I- people think? I wish I could unpack my coloring book. No, actually Legos really isn't workable because I don't have a space in front of my computer to um, build my Lego gingerbread house, which is my only. Don't you have any like Play-Doh or something like that? I might be able, everything's packed. I I don't think you have the grass. Get Riley to make you some salt dough or something. (laughs) Tonight you can cook me up a batch of Play-Doh and I'll play with it. I might have some crazy Aaron putty around here, but seriously, everything. Did you, I know. Did you have, um, did you have like peanut butter Play-Doh that you could play with as a kid that your mom would make? Not peanut butter. Lady at Children's World. Yeah. My mom used to make like peanut. I think it might've been Children's World. Let's be honest, but like peanut butter Play-Doh where you got to like play with it and eat it. No, my grandma always made the kind that was mostly salt. So it was safe to eat, but really horrible. Um, <laughs> right. Did you know, by the way, that one of the ingredients in some of the homemade is cream of tartar? And do you know where cream of tartar comes from? Fish bones? No, it comes from the inside of wine barrels. So when they oh, ate I forgot wine about that. in yeah. wine barrels. And so where we lived in Maryland, there was this big winery. Um, and they always took all of their cream of tartar over to the local preschool. <laughs> it was like one of their main byproducts. And then they would make the homemade Play-Doh at the preschool. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean something, something you can fidget with or do, or. I know. Mm. I wish, I wish I did have a coloring book. I, I'm serious. I have some cool Hogwarts coloring books, but they are all packed. Maybe Riley has something stashed. Is in your room. printer packed? Why don't you just print off a few pages? Uh, all the colored pencils are packed too. <laughs> I would have oh, to like, this is I would have to color terrible. in it with my pen or my highlighters or something. Yeah. I was going to say, can't you use your Dale Carnegie pen? Maybe I could download. I tried to color 
I tried to color with my good notes and I tried to use the highlighters and that just didn't really work. I'll figure out something. I feel like anything tactile, you know, just like, but it's, it is interesting because a lot of the things you could do would be really awkward to do on a zoom call. Like if you were standing up and stretching and doing, you know, anything that you would like be in motion, that would be weird. And then, cause I was even just sitting on my couch and then the computer was like, you know, I looked like I was six feet away from it and everybody else was sitting really close. So I got up and moved toward my computer. So like, I think it's weird. I think that is part of my difficulty of paying attention on zoom is that you have to sit so attentively staring at the computer. Um, and that's maybe a discussion for another day. I feel like we maybe should have stopped the recording five minutes ago. <laughs> I think this is actually really good because everybody in the whole freaking world right now, like everyone in the world is dealing with zoom fatigue and interacting with it and all that stuff. So yeah, I, tomorrow I'm going to try to break the mold a little bit, like and not just in that sense of like, what just feels good in my body and how will I position myself to get the most out of this? And then see what opens up. Like I would, if I, I mean, I would have laid on the floor and taken notes, but that didn't even occur to me. Cause it was like, show up and sit up in a certain way. And that yeah, didn't serve me. I'm at my desk, which is the worst. Um, I remember I went to this, uh, like all night lock-in type Bible study thing one time, like secret church, they called it. And I went with one of my holy yoga girlfriends and we brought yoga mats and sat on the floor and stretched and moved while everyone yeah. else sat in their chairs. Um, so, and that was way better for our bodies and for our minds. I don't know. All right. Well, there you go. Point. Tomorrow we'll unpack it. And even like eating, well, like you're kind of not supposed to eat on zoom, like, you know, and it was yeah. lunchtime for me. I, that, I, I mean, I went off camera, but yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious now what will show up in that space. Imagine if I had tried to eat my hard boiled egg on zoom. <laughs> the one that wasn't actually hard boiled. Yes. Eric does such <laughs> good hard boiled eggs. They're really soft and delicious. Hold on. I don't think you proper I'll, I'll create it. Like I have, we have probably spent at least 10 hours in our friendship talking about how Eric hard boils perfect eggs. Mm-hmm. Not about how he does it, but that he does it. That he does. But also, you've told me about the process several times because I, like, I forget. Well, you, you've had to ask. I don't know what it is. I don't keep it in my brain. If you if right. you opened up my brain and Googled how do you hard boiled eggs, there would just be a an arrow pointing over a picture of Eric. The Eric, there's <laughs> it's how. true. You do always go over to him and go like report on the eggs. Yeah, I. I, I joke about from a computer standpoint, like if you opened it up, there's just one register and it's a pointer to Eric, like just go over there. <laughs> um, but they're real soft from the outside. So we had a 10 minute break. And so I grabbed an egg and I was like tapping it on the counter and I was all the way tapped until I realized, oh, this one is raw <laughs> because it, it didn't, his eggs are so soft. They don't feel, you know, they don't feel the same. So I had to throw away a raw Wait. egg and clean up a little mess. I just saw a text on my watch that you said maybe about galvanized and discerners. So I guess you guys are just dicks. I didn't even see that until now. You texted me that in the class. I How did. dare you? I did. You're and I said it on this friend. podcast. I said it on the podcast. Because that guy said thing, when you said it on the podcast, like you actually said it to me in text. I know I did. I said because he said I'm one of the normal ones and I don't know what the rest of you guys are. Something like that. And I was like, yeah, I guess I, mean, I think I'm really dicks. special, not normal. How dare <laughs> So now I'm very unhappy with everyone. All right, I'm leaving no, the ladies' room. No, I'm out. storming out. Toilet paper attached to my shoe. I'm, I'm never coming back. It stinks in here. <laughs> okay, no. Tomorrow.
end of part one and then next time part two. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to catch us in the ladies room. You can also find Lynn at A Spacious Life on Facebook, Instagram, and in Clubhouse. And find Allie at 5 Billion Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and Instagram. Thank you.